Hello and welcome back to the Rugby Rewind podcast. Back again, 2024 for the podcast. We've had a bit of a hiatus for the last few months, you know, in the off-season period. But uh, certainly excited to get back into the podcast this year, 2024. We've got some really exciting episodes coming up uh, with the, of course, all the rugby competitions that we're going to see this year. So it's going to be good. I'm looking forward to it. Ben? Yeah, it's been a few months since we recorded one. I mean, I don't think we actually said we were taking a break in the last one. It kind of just ended up happening. Holiday season at all. Holidays, everyone all over the place. And this is what it is. Yeah. And uh, how was your holiday? I mean, pretty cruisy, really, wasn't it? Scorching yeah. weather over here, so you can't complain at that, which makes Invercargill somewhat bearable. Yeah, exactly. I'm back over in Australia now, and tell you what, it's just as hot over here, except it's more humid, so it's arguably less bearable. But anyway, we've got a good episode back to, uh, back to 2024. Got some good episodes lined up this year, so yeah, everyone's welcome back. And uh, Ben, what are we doing in today's episode? Well, back with an absolute bang today as per usual just stealing my ideas from other podcasts or tv shows but one thing i haven't stolen from another podcast is a returning guest today one of our all-time favorite episodes a man who's got countless amounts of tales i'm sure he could go on for hours in the end scott waldrum how are you hey good mate geez i feel special being invited back i mustn't have been that rubbish the first time I mean, you got the brace, mate. First professional player to come on for a second appearance, so clearly we didn't do our part to skew you off. <laughs> mate, always love reminiscing about my the old days and my, my life as a battler. Now that those are long gone and everyone's most people have uh, forgotten about me. Maybe a few um, old heads around still remember, but there's, uh, you start getting uh, remembered less and less, that's for sure. Well, you can't be that much of a battler, mate. There's because uh, you see you turning up in a match next week. As I don't know if I've told Toby about it yet or you, but down in Invercargill for the Pack the Park, the Blair Vining charity match. See you in the lineup for that one. Yeah, I um, stupidly put my name down. Said I was, I'd get out there and you know play for a good cause, and then uh, quickly reality set in, and all the injuries came flooding back, and. Um, <laughs> Yeah, it was um, too good an opportunity to say no to get to run around with the brother again and see some of those guys and, and give back for a good good cause, you know. Um, so it's cool being asked to, to come down. Um, and I think most of the guys are probably more looking forward to the um, the sponsors' lunch and the um, aftermatch function rather than the game, but we'll see how it goes. I mean, I'm sure uh, the crowd yeah, will soon be entertained. It's just the formality, isn't it? Surely it's rolling subs, so five on, five off. Yeah, probably, but I see, um, I feel like me and Thomas have been stitched up. They've bloody, they put us in the ITM 15 with uh, Matt Watson, and for some reason that team has a lot less players than the bloody Blair Vining 15, which seems to have a hell of a lot more of the X players than we do. Oh, well, mate, you're down in Vicar, you played down here before, you know how it is. We treat our home stadium well. I, I do love that place, and I have fond memories of it. So, um, oh, no, I'm looking forward to it, and I, I've got my, my eyes set against uh, Paddy Gower, the opposition uh, opposition captain, since he's probably the only small one there. So he'll, uh, he'll be my target for the game because I, th- I think trying to tackle any of those other guys is probably going to hurt a bit more. Tell you what, if you could manage to somehow – have Paddy Gower get the best of you. You won't be hearing the end of that from your brother, i tell you that right now. <laughs> no, if that happens, mate, I would never invite me. You, sh- you should never invite me back on this podcast. 
Yeah, we're getting Paddy Gower on, I tell you what. Getting hit. <laughs> Fair enough. Anyway, um, we'll let the audience in on to what we're doing today. We've got Scott back on to join us on a Would I Lie to You? So anyone who's seen the TV show will know how it runs. If you haven't, it's a pretty simple concept. We've all came up with three or four stories each. Some are true, some are false. We don't know which ones are which, so we'll kind of take turns to read through them. The other two that are listening will try to decipher what's going on, ask some questions at the end to see if we think they're telling the truth or telling a lie, so you can play along as you're listening. No doubt Scott will have some stellar tales. I know Toby's got a few up his sleeve, so hopefully I don't let the team down with mine. No, I wouldn't I wouldn't think so, mate. I think you've got some good stories up your sleeve. Um, you know, plenty of years as a rugby fan. Um, but I am keen to see who comes up with the best false story, because that seems to be the hardest thing, isn't yeah. it? Coming up with a genuine Just the story. Old brain capacity to come up with something creative, isn't it? Mm. Get the old creative writing back up and running. Yes, not my favourite uh, sort of school subject, the old creative writing, but I'm sure I can make something up on the spot and make it believable to some extent. Anyway, uh, I can kick us off if you want. Let's do it. Uh, I'll let you choose a number though, Toby. One, two or three. You can choose which one of them I go with. Take the pressure off me deciding. Let's go two. You're going two. Locking in number two. I'll give you a headline here, mate. Uh, A game I was at was called off, or I suppose called off, delayed. The second half was delayed because a tractor broke down in the middle of the field. That's your headline. Ooh, okay, okay. So uh, wait for your details. Don't know if you know anything about the field days, Toby. Probably not your sort of area of expertise being the town no. you are. No, I'm not a farm person, but I can appreciate what it is, mate. Scott, I imagine you've been to a few field days in your time, being from the Naki and whatnot, surely. Surely, yeah. And actually, even life after work, uh, life after rugby, when I was a, a land manager at a honey company, we were, we were at uh, the Hamilton field days for a few years. So love a good tractor. So I wonder... We, uh, what field was this at? So it was uh, the uh, Waimumu field days. Must have been 2015, 2016, something around then. Toby will know i got an old Facebook photo of John Key, whatever year that's from, because it's the uh, Waimumu. And they used to have a thing called the Farmlands Cup. They probably still have it. We pre-season match between the Crusaders and the Highlanders. So it kind of floats around sort of central Southland and up to Wanaka, Omaru, just all over the gaff. But it's Waimumu this year. And of course... Being Waimumu Field Days, the halftime entertainment was a bit of tractor pulling, which I feel like I should have seen at some point in my life, but I haven't somehow. But basically what it consisted of was a couple of tractors lined up at one end of the field, a big trailer thing on the back, some cinder blocks, and simple, they just had a race to pull the cinder blocks to halfway, whoever did it quickest one. This is meant to be kind of, you know, a few races and then a wee final, just a wee 10, 15 minute breather. First one went pretty smoothly, I was like, cool. This is a bit of fun. Crowd right into it. Second one, get off to a good start. Yeah, onto the 22. Couple of the cinder blocks start falling off. Tractor pulls up in a heap and it just starts smoking. I'm like, Jesus, what's going on in this gaff? So, yeah, <laughs> ended up having to get a couple of the other tractors around to load her back up, tow her off the field. So, second half was delayed by about 10, 15 minutes for that to be all cleared off and get back up and running, but got there eventually. So, yeah, that was the old uh, Farmers Cup. So how long was the delay on the game? Was the delay on the game? Uh, I was at half time, so it took probably about ten or fifteen minutes for it to kick back off. I'd imagine, but I mean, I was more intrigued of getting free caps at that point in time from all the stalls and 
trying to snag some free samples, some free chippies. You know how it is. See, this sounds definitely plausible because, you know, we've had, what what ground was it? Uh, Waimumu, so down southland. Yeah, I mean, if you think about down south, we've had bloody, what have we had, toasters and going off and setting off smoke alarms. We've had all sorts of shenanigans at Rugby Park and in Bacargill. So this this sounds believable, to be honest. Um, I'm going to go it's true for now. What are your thoughts, Scott? Any questions far away? Well, I want to know what state the uh, what state was the field in by the time they finished picking up these cinder blocks and dragging this tractor off. I mean, it was playable. I don't know if I would have been too keen to play in that particular area, but they kind of kept it to one side of the field, I guess. So most of it was all right. But I mean, it's Waimumu. The ground was basically a sheep paddock to begin with, so not much had changed really. I mean. I, I believe I I believe the story. I can I can envision it happening down there. I mean, I'm already suspicious because you're talking about field days, and the the park is called Waimumu, which is you know a little bit close to the cows. So, <laughs> so it could be a made up name, but um, I'm I'm, I'm going to have to go with true as well. Oh, I'll tell you what, if I was creative enough to come up with my movie, give me the medal already because that's genius. <laughs> um, the story is a game between the Hollanders and the Crusaders was delayed because of a tractor is a lie. Oh. <laughs> Unfortunately, I wish it was true. That was that was well done, mate, because I'll tell you what, it was, you know, believable, but also like you were sort of reading it like you you're remembering it from memory, so well done. Oh, there you go. Look at that. Try to give yeah. you the poke of this. Mate, you pulled it out. New Zealand rural strings. Is... <laughs> Just name the smallest little town in the Wop Wops that no one's ever heard of, and you're pretty safe. <laughs> Anything happened down south, so I would have probably believed it too. Who no, wants home. to give us the next oh. one? I'm easy. We, I can oh. go if you want, and we'll leave the good. We'll leave the good story to Scott. For yeah, save the best for last. Yeah. So no doubt he's got I mean, the trip uh, in the lies. <laughs> All right. So I'll just pick a story that I've got. I've got a few. Uh, the headline is I uh, played a game of chicken in a sauna with Justin Marshall. immediately justin marshall who knows give us the deets though alcohol than justin marshall then yes it's true i was in uh i was in queenstown um at a at a hotel staying at a hotel there uh which had you know pools and and saunas and whatnot and um massive complex yeah nice hotel staying there for a weekend decided to go for a swim had a swim had a spa went up to the to the sauna and I was in there for about 15 minutes just on my own. It was, um, yeah, it was a nice temperature. I generally sit in the sauna for, for quite some time, just, you know, generally just in this case, sweat out the hangover from the night before, uh, which didn't seem to be working. So I had to stand for longer to achieve that. Um, and at this point I'd been drinking a lot of water. Uh, and then someone comes into the sauna and I, at first glance, didn't even didn't even look really, and then turn around and it was it was Justin Marshall, and uh, you know he was just having a sauna. I think he just had a massage upstairs. We just sort of just briefly exchanged a hi and and whatnot as you do in the sauna. It's sort of a, sort of a weird environment. You don't really talk to anyone in there. 
Um, but you do sort of, you know, you acknowledge their presence. And um, yeah, probably another 20 minutes went past and it was very clear that, you know, Justin, he wanted to be the last guy in that sauna. He did not want to be beaten to be the first person to leave that sauna. I mean, I was struggling at this point. I'd already been there for 20 minutes. Uh, but I, you know what? I was going to give him a, a run for his money. We'll see who can stay in the sauna for longest. And I had, you know, half an hour went past uh, and he, there was no sign he was going to leave that sauna. So I had said to myself, Justin, you've got this one, mate. I'm out of here. So I, uh, I left the sauna. And uh, as soon as I left, he walked out about five minutes later, taking his win, of course, um, because he had, in fact, beaten me in that sauna. And I think it was very adamant. He was very adamant in doing so. So, Justin, well done. You stayed in the sauna longer than me. Um, you probably had more saunas in your life than I have, so fair play to you. Oh, and he uh, will but... be listening too, so you, you definitely always heard that. <laughs> so there you go. That's my story of uh, how I played a game of chicken to see who could stay in the sauna for the longest with Justin Marshall. So yeah, I want to hear your thoughts on this one first, Scott. Yeah, when he actually first said it, I thought, well, chicken, I thought they had a, a running at each other competition in the sauna, and I was... That, thinking that's oh, yeah, that, that sounds just like that would definitely be what Marshall would do, especially after a few drinks. But I mean, half an hour of sauna is a bloody long time. We uh, were either I, you starting uh, to prune? I was. I was pruning up. Um, I was struggling. A lot of water being consumed. I must say, I know you was had your the, girlfriend uh, just waiting up in the room for you too, so. It's a long yeah, time just to be sitting there knowing you've got company upstairs waiting. Yeah, there was company upstairs in my room waiting for me. So, you know, it's it's a good point. Maybe you wouldn't want to spend as long as, as you did on your own. But, you know, I love a sauna and I was hungover, as I said. And, the, and you're telling me Justin Marshall spent 30 minutes or so in a room and didn't talk, didn't, didn't let out a bump for once. Oh, I think he wanted to, but, you know, he's, he's a changed man now. He lives, in, lives, lives a quiet life. What uh, what colour speedos were you both wearing? Oh yeah, that's the important <laughs> question. Ah, uh, it's a good question. I actually don't know what he was wearing. I think he was wearing board shorts, I think. But I was yeah, I had, I did in fact have some uh, some speedo style uh, togs on. Mine were blue. Were the old budgie smuggler type togs? Because they, they were actually. Yeah. Oh, fuck. see, that's the thing that's leading to you. Oh, there is no <laughs> chance you're on budgie smugglers. They were, in fact, budgie smugglers. I know you're, you're pretty much a token Australian by now, but that's no, one of the worst calls I've heard. <laughs> this is a tough one. Right, I'll let you lock in your answer first, Scott. Uh, this is. This is. Uh... Oh, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go false, and I'm gonna say that Justin Marshall gave up before you did. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm gonna. Yeah. I know you've got a Justin Marshall story, and I know he's a competitive bloke. So I'm locking in true. Well, the story in this case is in fact true. So yeah, no, it did happen. Um, nah, there's no way I was staying there for longer. I think. It just wasn't going to happen. So, yeah, he's a competitive man, but uh, that was pretty funny, I thought. And, uh, yeah, good story in the end, of course. But, yeah, no, it is a true story. Radio Scott, take it away. Oh. Well, you guys have made this hard. I'm going to um, I'm gonna have to make up a true story. Uh, make up a true <laughs> story, that's it. <laughs> Double bluffing us already here. I like that. I like that. Uh, so... 
I am a model for the EA Sports Rugby 2006. Okay. Immediately, I'm rattling my brain for dates and things here, so give us some details. Uh, So I was in Canada with a rugby team, and EA Sports approached the team and wanted some rugby players to um, come into the studio and uh, and do all the action and the uh, and because they knew we were from New Zealand, they wanted the haka done as well. And I was one of the players that um, at the end of the tour, I didn't have to rush off, so um, I put my hand up and said I was I was keen. So we went to the EA Sports. Uh, facility where they film us they put us in those um those black gimp suits and put the the green dots all over us and, and we did our thing i hope you're not too used to wearing one of those <laughs> not at that stage they came later in life all right that's uh so that's immediately i'm story. thinking rugby 06 graphics it explains a lot of scott was the model for them yeah, my thoughts are that I don't I know do, if I, I do have motion uh, capture in 06. I, I do yeah, look I very much like Dan Car- <laughs> oh, I mean, yeah, I'd give you that. Put your, your headgear on and no one will be able to tell the lid that's under anyway. So you pass for a Carter. <laughs> uh, yeah, you're right, you're right, Toby. This does seem pretty modern technology for 2000. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not sure they were... I don't know if they were using that much motion capture in, in 06. It might have been a pretty new technology by that point. I, obviously, they would have had to use something to get the, the movement of the players in the game itself. But I don't know. Would they have been using motion capture back then? <laughs> they, I mean, suppose they had to have something, didn't they? So, yeah, maybe. Can we ask which team you were at that point? Because I know there's been a few teams, Māori All Blacks and what I've toured Canada somewhat around then. So Yeah, it was, uh, it was good. It was uh, the New Zealand Māori All Blacks. That's who I was with. See, that's what came to my head straight away. I was like, I know the Maori were in Canada around that stage. So that's leading me to, I think I got my answer. See, uh, well, I, I, I just don't know because I've never played that game. Obviously, 08, we've all played. But um, yeah, see, I don't even remember you being a part of the 08 squad. Were you in the actual game itself? Do you know? I, I don't actually even know. I have no idea. I have to fish it back out of the old cupboard and have a look at some point. But I'm going to go true here because I don't have any idea about 06. It was definitely a thing, um, but I don't know much about it. So it seems like it's plausible, and I guess they would have used some motion capture to get the base graphics, I suppose. So I'm going to go true. I think I'm also going to go with true, and if it is true, I'd love to know the rest of the players that were there with you. And yep, so I'm locking in true. Oh, geez, I'm not a very good liar, am I? I uh, it is true. Um, oh. I was over there, when we were over there in 05 with the, the Maldi All Blacks tour, they sort of asked who was keen to stay, and about half the half the group stayed. Um, to be fair, I can't even remember who, who stayed on for the extra couple of days. But we went in there and did all that, and they had sort of told us they were going to hook us up a whole lot of um, – Xboxes and a whole lot of games and stuff and as sort of payment for doing it. Um, so we turned up and we went there and they had all these displays um, 
sort of at the reception of all the EA Sports games, you know, Madden and everything like that. And then um, we did all the stuff they wanted, did the hucker, did the Māori hucker as well. Um, we did a bit of tackle and, and that sort of stuff. And then um, they sort of showed us the door and, and that was it. And we got nothing for it. <laughs> oh, surely EA had some money to just chuck you a wee bit. Sure, mate. EA Sports would have been absolutely loaded. And, yep, we got zip. got absolutely nothing out of it. Oh, that. But New Zealand rugby would have gotten – they would have gotten something, oh, right? Like a royal – They probably pocketed a bloody fortune. Yeah. <laughs> it's a scam. Yeah. Oh, I'll tell you what. Next time I'm home, I'm going to have to fish that back out the cupboard and just have a wee look at the pre-game hucker and whatnot. Yeah, but th- just like being like today's EA, that does not shock me at all because they're the biggest scam yeah, of the country. Actually, yeah, that's – yeah, there's stinge. <laughs> tell you what, the part of that that gave it away for me was the fact you were with the Māori All Blacks. I think if – I didn't know that part. I probably would have led towards a lot. Oh, I've got to lie a better then. All right. I'll make up a real Just good that happens. I can't remember who it was, but one of the players I wrote about on my page was on that tour. I can't remember <laughs> who it was for the life of me, but that's... Oh, that was, that's good. Okay. Well, we'll have to, uh, yeah, we'll have to make sure that uh, EA sends you your royalties in the mail. <laughs> Get in touch. Mate. I'm sure it, went, it all probably went to Dan Carter, who's on the cover of the game. <laughs> Yeah, probably would have. Yeah. He's done enough modelling that he doesn't need another modelling paycheck. Give it to you. Right. Doesn't need <laughs> any more money. No, I mean he's bringing out fragrances and stuff every other week, so I'm sure he's got enough coin lying around. <laughs> right, right uh, my next tale. Uh, I suppose we'll go to this one. Uh, the uh, title: I once brown-eyed my teacher midway through a game. Ooh. Okay. So that's pretty much just that, really. Just intentionally, I didn't like the guy. Just turned around. I wish, but no, that was not it. So basically, um, year 13, I decided to see me hang out the boots. I'd switch to soccer, but I didn't want to fully give up rugby yet. So I was playing rugby in the mornings if it didn't clash. And then I'd um, shoot over to soccer after that. Or football, as you call it. But yeah, this one uh, game, I couldn't find me rugby shorts for whatever reason. Probably lost in the hostel wash somewhere or some other boy had stolen them. So I decided I'd just chuck on the football shorts, which, you know, football shorts are their baggy at the best of times. These ones were stringless, but I was like, oh, she'll be right. I'm playing on the wing today. Surely not much will happen with that. Anyway, get the ball. First, the ball. Um, get the ball out wide. Just about trip over my own feet to begin with, but keep hold of them. So that was all right. Then get grabbed from behind on the shorts. Luckily, they don't fully come down, but the ass comes out. I managed to land that way in the tackle. The ass is pointing straight at my economics teacher on the sideline, Gwyn Prattley, Toby or Noah. <laughs> so yeah, gave him a uh, nice wee viewing before I managed to scramble to pull them up and, yeah, continued on from there. Okay, okay. Well, I mean, that's it's unfortunate for Gwyn Prattley. I'm sure he didn't want to see that. I mean, oh, It's a hell of a view, really, isn't it? Uh, I'm not going to make a joke about other, other Otago Boys High School teachers who may have wanted to see that, but I'm sure those that are listening would understand that reference. Um, but... Yeah, that's a uh, that's a pretty interesting one. That one because I don't recall you ever playing on the wing. Although I wouldn't know for sure. I mean, I know you play in the backs, but oh, mate, I thought you were more of a rapid. It's basically you saying Bolt. I thought you were a number ten or maybe a fullback. I didn't didn't think you'd be on the wing at any point. Um, but you never know with the backline players. You could you know slot someone in the wing if you had to. So that that may make sense. I mean, the uh, name of our team at that point we call ourselves the Nicotine Fifteen. So. 
make of that what you will. Well, I have. I definitely, I definitely heard of that squad, and I know it was a very put together, uh, casual squad. So maybe the wing stuff does make sense. And actually, okay, interesting. Scott, what are your thoughts on the story of the old uh, brown eye? Well, clearly, I'm not very good at this game, but um. Were you, were you not a bike shorts man, or did you struggle to find a pair tight enough to to sort of secure all, all the package and keep your bum covered? Or oh, yeah, really I wish I could say I had a package that large or quads that large that I couldn't fit inside them. But uh, I don't know. At that point in time, I just I wore them once in a while, but more, I was more of a chuck them on on a cold day sort of thing. I mean, at that age, you kind of just recover, I guess. So didn't really feel the need to chuck any on. Nowadays, yeah, more of a you're one of those guys that like to wear the, the big baggy shorts in your in your undies and your little wife in the wife fronts where everyone gets a good view up the up in between <laughs> and you're running around there. Is that is that how oh, you're pained up? You know it, mate, you know it. Just get the old budgie smugglers on, take a leaf out of Toby's book. <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, I could I I could imagine you running around in an oversized pair of shorts and there being uh, I mean, I weighed about 60 kilos of being wet at that point in time. So. Yeah. It's definitely plausible. It's definitely plausible. I mean, the the wing stuff I was initially stumped on, but you're right, that team was casual. Gwyn and Prattley seemed like sort of bloke who would be on the sideline watching that sort of game. So I'm going to go true. Yeah, I'm, I'm just going to follow you because you're a bit better than me to, to my side <laughs> and go like true as well. <laughs> right. Uh, the story is it's true on that one. Yeah, well, that was yeah. I think you made it a bit too obvious there because yeah, I mean, well, actually, it was enough. There was enough, you know, possibility that it was false, but yeah, it sounded too true. Well, there you go, one from two for you, fellas. All right, all right. So I've got another one here. I've got another story from uh, a few years back. Actually, um, I was actually in Dunedin at Forsyth Bar Stadium. I had a Ticket season pass for the Highlanders. Uh, 2015 season, I think it was. Year 13, last year of school for me. Um, oh, sorry. No, it was the first year of, of university, 2016. And um, yeah, so yeah, had a season's pass ticket. My parents had one, but they had an extra seat. Went along to the Highlanders game. It was Highlanders versus Reds um, in, in Dunedin. And I think it was like mid-season or something like that. It was pretty cold. Very cold, actually. We're walking into the stadium and this guy just sort of was hanging around the entrance to, I think it was Gate C, which is around the back of the, the stadium. We just had standard, um, like standard reserve seating. And um, he sort of, well, I was just on my own at that point. My parents had gone ahead. So I was just walking on my own. And the guy came over to me and said, um, look, uh, one of our guys isn't showing up for the for the corporate box. You know, we've had a whole group plan for the corporate box. There's a bunch of catering and, and drinks that are up there that we sort of have to use. Uh, these guys aren't coming anymore. I think there might have been an accident on the highway coming from like Gore. They were coming in from Gore, and um, so they couldn't show up. And they so you <laughs> might have to me, stop you there already. Someone from Gore affording a corporate box is already a questionable call. Well, it was a business. It was. It's a good point, but it was actually a, it was a business, like a business corporate box. So it wasn't an individual that owned it. It was just a. It was it would have been like a farming business probably. Um, I can't remember exactly what business it was, but it was. It was a business that owned the corporate box. They had all the catering organized, um, but the individuals weren't coming. There was probably four or five guys that were there that, that showed up and then the rest couldn't come. So he said to me, do you want to come upstairs and, and join me? I said, fuck, why not? 
and um, just text the parents and said, oh, I'll see you after the game or whatever. Went up to the to the corporate box and, yeah, sure sure enough, it was stocked with booze and food and, you know, the game start met, met a few guys. The game started, got chatting just about rugby mostly, just about the game and the players and whatnot. And they just kept plying me with alcohol. I mean, probably had about five or six beers in the first 10 minutes. Well, actually, that's definitely not true. It was probably like half an hour. But you get the point. It was a lot of, there was a lot of booze involved. Um, probably got to the end of the game and I was absolutely smashed, eh? Uh, so we're with these guys and then after the game they said oh do you want to well since you've been here you know do you want to kick on with us we're going to go into town I was, like, well, I was going to go into town regardless to be fair so I went into town had a few more drinks I was pretty smashed at this point to be honest with you after all the alcohol they gave me in the corporate box and then we about probably midnight they said oh some of the guys are going to go to the strip club so why not you know uh, I was a single bloke at the time in, in Dunedin you know young young bloke 19, 20 um I'd just come down from Palmerston North for the week because I was living up there. So I was like, oh, why not make the most of it? Went to the strip club and, uh, yeah, had a massive night in there. There was, um, yeah, just everything was effectively being paid for. And then uh, later in the night, the whole, the, pretty much the whole, not quite the whole, but almost the whole Highlanders team came to the strip club and we're just getting dances and all the private dances. There was a private room and uh, there was a, it was a massive night, to be fair. Next morning, probably had the worst hangover of all time. Needed the sauna with Justin Marshall. Didn't have one. But um, it was a massive night. And all I can remember is just the Highlanders, some of the guys just getting these fucking, yeah, just birds everywhere. You know, massive night, put it that way. Uh, I can't remember much because I was pretty drunk. But that is my Dunedin, you know, infamous Dunedin night story that, that's, uh, yeah. It was a great night. Going to have to go to you on this one, Scott. You can tell us whether or not this is a plausibility from your days of Super Rugby. Would oh, the the Highlanders been um, been the dirty rags they are, and you know, there's no doubt they were hanging around strip clubs uh, in those days. What, uh, what what happened to your parents that you were supposed to meet after the game? Did you did you see them? Or, oh, I just um... them a... no, I didn't see them at all. I just texted them and said. I found a corporate box. I got invited into a corporate box and I'm going into town afterwards. So I'll see you tomorrow, I suppose, or see you the next, you know, in a couple of days' time. And I think it was a couple of days by the time I recovered. Yeah, I mean, if you'd said they'd take along to the strip club with you, I would have been slightly concerned. <laughs> oh, you never I, know. I want to know which Highlander was spending the most on the lappies. <laughs> yeah, go on in. Oh, what, what year was this roughly again? It was 2016. Oh, check out some names, surely. Who would have been? Oh, I don't want to put any names out there. Right? There was, there was, yeah, there was quite a few people. What, there. No, I mean, I'm like, hey. nah, he wasn't. He wasn't playing. I don't think. Um, nah, I think. Uh, I, I, he would I have been. Think of a few culprits, so. Yeah, no, you better not, because no, no one will come on your podcast if you. Yeah, yeah. not going to go accusing people. Put it this way, put it this way. There was a certain back that was uh, indulging in the toilets, shall we say. We'll, we'll leave that one to the uh, listeners to figure out. Yeah. Um, I I do know that the um, corporate boxes, you prepay your booze, so if people aren't there, then why not have more people come in and... and enjoy it and make the most of it so um i've found myself in a couple before so i i believe you on that end and i, I somehow feel some of these players probably have a chance for a, a, 
a, a strip club uh, at the end of the night because probably they're sick of being harassed in the in the pub. So why not go somewhere a bit quieter? So uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna go with True. I mean. I hate to jump on the bandwagon, but I think I'm with you on all the reasoning there, Scott. And I know Toby's just that sort of guy who somehow gets himself <laughs> in these situations. Like, I don't want to say he's got the gift of the gab, but he'll just kind of, he's got that look about him, I guess, where someone will just <laughs> randomly approach him and get him on board with this sort of stuff. And so I know it's not the first time something like that's kind of come your way. So I'm locking in true. Well, it's... Uh... It's yeah. Well, it's interesting that you say that. Uh, the story that I have just given you is completely false. Um, so I've obviously sold it quite well, but I appreciate the uh, the, the voted confidence. But uh, in, fa- I, in fact, I was not invited anywhere near a corporate box. In fact, I've never been in a corporate box at Forsyth Bar Stadium. And whilst I whilst I may have been at a strip club in Dunedin, the Highlanders weren't there. So uh, they probably they probably have been there. Let, let me just premise that they probably have been there, but uh, I wasn't there at the same time. So yeah, that was a false story. Oh, I mean, not fair play. Actually, there wasn't much I could have picked out of that. No, awesome. yeah, no, you just sold me a dream. <laughs> it's tough. Yeah, it's, mate, it's tough when you're going with things that are a hundred percent plausible and probably happened to uh, to people in the That's- past. That's oh, the yeah, beauty I... of rugby is that most things are plausible. <laughs> right. Over to you, Scott. Appreciate it. Oh, all right. Here we go. Um, I was on Sports Cafe, the old TAB Sports Cafe, uh, nude, not once, not twice, but three times. Um, We're already correct. So, uh, so everyone knows... Uh, well, not everyone, but Justin Marshall talks about the the time when I was down there with the Crusaders, and he doesn't actually mention my name, but I chucked one of our um, our sort of behind the scene mascots, the horse's head on, and we filmed um, myself jumping in a swimming pool nude, and him chasing me down the uh, down the road and throwing the, the golf club at me, um, which is completely set up. And then uh, when Rick Salito rang him up about it, he um, he had to pretend that no, nah, he did. He didn't know it was uh, it was some local guys from the rugby club, and they came and saw him afterwards. And he's happy for it to go on the the TV, but we had completely set up the whole thing. Um, but actually, I'd, I'd ended up on there twice um, before that. Uh, once yeah, they always ask you, you know, for a few years to enter in contest, uh, enter in your videos. Um, so one year, I we did a like a cooking thing at home, and uh, we did new cooking at home. And um, I was actually making some eggs, and I bloody cracked the egg, and I had too much oil in the pan, and it spread out and nearly burned off me, uh, my little fella. Um, so that, and that ended up on the on the TV once, and then uh, another year, I um, I scooted past Parliament naked. Right. <laughs> that, that ended up on the, the TV. So, so I'm getting, you know, maybe do it once, you know, crack up a bit of funny. What drove you to do it a second, third, and fourth time? Um, the money. There's a... There's a <laughs> Sure, it was a prize. It was. I'm sure you got a prize for it. 
So I'm pretty sure, I'm pretty sure it was the money that did it, or just a just a complete desire for attention was probably probably the real reason. Fair enough. Well, I mean, crusaders make sense, you know. You you're a young buck, not getting as many minutes, so you've got to make your own fun down there. I'm with you on that one. I can see this being plausible. What's your thoughts, Toby? Yeah, it's plausible, but uh, yeah, I'm just curious about the third and fourth time. I mean, yeah, like you said, money is always a good motivator, so that makes sense. But um, it must have been, must have had to be quite a bit of money to convince you to do it a, a third or fourth time. How much money are we talking? Oh, so it, was, it was that long ago, actually. Uh, I don't quite remember. Um, it must have been. It must have been half decent being a national national wide competition. I mean, there are some quality videos. I mean, you can't you can't beat the the bike into the rear end from behind video. I'm pretty sure that that might have actually been the year they took it. That um, that I missed out on the money. I never actually won anything in the end. All that for nothing. Oh no. Oh dear. It's a bit, almost like the EA contract, really. Jesus. I need to get a lawyer and start suing some people. <laughs> yeah. right. Can you yeah. let us know how old you were the first time and the last time this happened? If you remember. Well, yeah, I must have been I was I was twenty the first time. Um and then the last time with the Crusaders I was I was twenty four. So yeah, 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 was in between there somewhere. You know, I'm going to lock in this is true. I believe him. I'm going to go false just because I just think it lacks a few too many. I know it was a while ago, but it just lacks a few too many details for my for me to go true. I'm going to go false oh, on this one. So he's had a few head knocks and stuff in his time. I, I can believe that some details are missing. Uh, I'm going to go false. I'm going to go false. Well, uh, it's a. Uh... It in fact is true. I was on it three times. <laughs> the uh, the first time was the scootering past Parliament. I was in the uh, Wellington Rugby Academy, and we were we were doing it. I was a poor student, and academy players didn't get any money back then. But I was a poor student entering the competition, and um, as I actually scooted past, and my mate was filming it, uh, the Dominion Post newspaper. Um, photographer was actually driving past the front of parliament saw it whipped out their camera and actually managed to get a quick couple of snaps and it ended up on page two on the dominion which then my uh my grandmother up in hamilton the next morning opened up and to a surprise and shock saw her grandson nude on a scooter in front of parliament (laughs) yeah that's certainly a surprise to wake up to (laughs) Yeah, and the third one, the third one, we were just lacking ideas. We just tried a bit of cooking nude at home, and it was actually a real shit video. They only flashed a couple of couple of seconds of the video when they did a bit of a montage. But yeah, that was my that was my three times on Sports Cafe. I got to ask: Is there any copies of this still out there, or copies of the paper, or anything? Oh, good question. I don't. I don't know. My, my actually, my grandma was a prolific uh, collector of newspapers. Newspaper clipping, so I wouldn't be surprised. But, um, geez, the Sports Cafe archives surely, surely Rick Salito's got them in his private collection somewhere. Oh, if there's anyone we could actually get in touch with to make this uh, happen, surely. 
The 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 pool one's pretty funny actually. When I jump back in, when I jump in the car and and Marshall's chasing me down the the street and throwing the golf club, it, it looks it looks very real. It's it's, it's quite a well well done, I thought actually. So you got a career in acting coming up by the uh, sounds model and an actor, talented man we got here, Toby. Very uh, talented. These these were all before my hair fell out. That kind of ruined it for me. <laughs> oh, it's all right, Jason Statham and whatnot. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> this is a, can be a hard action, man. Yeah, probably missing the uh, the skills these days. Bit too broken for that. I reckon if EA Sports, you know, finally does a rugby twenty five or something, you know, we could have a wee, we we uh, go back to the past of 06 and do a legends team or something like that with Scott Waldrum. <laughs> well, I'm sure they could find some better models. Actually, they'd be able to CGI and do that stuff a hell of a lot better now. Wouldn't even need the models. Oh, yeah. Would. Yeah. Um, right. Story number three for me, I suppose. Uh, probably going to be my third and final. Um, yeah. Yeah. Now, my details are a bit faded on this, but I'll give you the title. When I was a kid, I believe I got a, one of the Highlanders players in trouble with one of their coaches at the game. So I want to say it was sometime around 2008, could have been a wee bit before, but I just think you're in going with my old man and my brother. And my brother's three years younger than me, so it must have been, because I was like 10 or 11, so it must have been around then. But yeah, we're at Carisbrook, and you remember how it was old circle around the whole stadium. As little kids do, they want to go meet the players, get the signatures, get their little ball signed, things like that. So we got up, doing laps around the stadium, trying to get any of the players on the bench to get our attention or any of the lads warming up in the end goal. Not really happening, so we just kind of keep wandering around, munching out a wee hot chips Dad had got us. Eventually, we managed to get a couple of the Landers bench guys to kind of turn around and look at us, but most kind of carried on watching the game as you do. But one of the fellas kind of stayed looking and came over, obviously saw us and was like, yeah, okay, I'll give these guys a wee signature or a photo. So uh, he came over, managed to get him to sign our ball, offered him some hot chips, as you do. Yes, I do anyway, because I was a weird kid who offered Harold the giraffe a muffin once. So that's just how I roll, offering kid people food. But yeah, offering some chips. He grabs a couple, snacks down on them, wanders back. Little do you know, one of the coaches was looking at the time. I don't know if it was the head coach. Don't even know who was the coach at the time, but one of the fellas was looking over, kind of had a wee word to him as he walked, walked back to his seat. Didn't really know what was said because I couldn't hear, but he went back, sat on the bench, ended up not getting on that game. So that's what happened. So I couldn't remember entirely who it was, but I think looking at rugby database, I believe it was Toby Morland, which would make sense because I remember it being a shorter fella. Okay. So what what he said was... He may not be the most memorable player for 11-year-old me, but I think it was Toby Morland anyway. So what he essentially got into trouble, which therefore meant he couldn't play the game. Obviously not major trouble, but... Kind of just a wee whisper in the ear of why you're just sneaking on some kids' hot chips like midway through a game because it's supposed to be like <laughs> way way into the second half order, kind of gearing up just as you think you'd be coming on. And well, are you telling just... me that you can't get over the couple hot chippies and that? Yeah, you know, that, oh, I would have thought you could, but especially down Scott, south. The, uh, the... Uh, what are the rules? I mean, that should be you... much worse at Carisbrook. I would have thought. I mean, Marty Banks chucked a few beers and whatnot, but. Well, that's what I was about to say. It's bloody a bit quieter. I um, I might hold on. I'm going to phone a friend. See if he can help me. You're going to phone Toby himself. <laughs> he's going to. He's going to remember. Oh this. no! <laughs> Surely not. 
Die. Oh. oh, for those who can't hear, uh, Scott's currently phoning a friend. We believe it may be Toby. It's ringing, but he might he might be scanning it going, I don't know this number. Oh, no, he probably yeah. knows that he's just seen your name pop up and, yeah, we'll leave that one to ring out. Probably, no. Oh, oh no. <laughs> oh, unfortunately oh, not. I'm thinking in a podcast to confirm whether you um, whether you got caught uh, eating chips and, and weren't landed back on the field, but unfortunately, uh, yeah, you missed my call, so... Um, I'm going to have to take a guess and probably say that you're um, being a slighter size and a bit cold down south. You probably needed something to warm you up, and but it ended up biting me <laughs> in the ass. So um, I'll probably believe believe him and say it was you. <laughs> well, we can't confirm yeah, it, but I'm going to believe that he did. He's little little that halfbacks. All time great moment. That would have been fantastic if he'd answered it. The seagulls, they bloody uh, those halfbacks, eh? they're always hanging out wide, taking what they can get, and, and I reckon a couple of free chips are right up his alleyway. I, I the think, coach? Yeah, I, oh. I, uh, the coach. Honestly, I couldn't tell you. I mean, I was a bit of a plastic fan. I got into rugby properly about two thousand seven, two thousand eight. So this is kind of my first real season going to Highlanders games and. I say paying attention, but evidently not as I was wandering around trying to get signatures. But, you know, you go flex on the kids back at school if you got your ball signed by the Highlanders. It's just what you did. It might not have even been the head coach. It could have been, could have been the water boy, could have been the assistant. I don't know. It was someone in some sort of Highlanders gear standing with a bench. Yeah, see, I'm thinking back in those times, you know, a couple of hot chippies here and there, you probably would be enough to get you on the bench. So it's plausible. Um I'm going to go true. That story of Toby Morland sneaking a few of my hot chippies is false. You're fine, Toby. Yeah, when we phoned Toby, I'm like, well, shit, I'm caught out. That's... <laughs> <laughs> well, that was the last thing I expected. Yeah, but he might have said, actually, probably, yeah, because he, he might not have remembered it. He might have said, oh, yeah, probably is something I did. And then... No, I mean, it does seem like the sort of thing he'd do. I don't know him, but like you said, <laughs> it seems like a halfback thing to do. Yeah, definitely. Mate, to be fair, yeah. I mean, I wouldn't have turned down some chips. No, my brother certainly wouldn't have turned down some chips. He probably, if it was, if yeah. it was my brother or some of those front rowers, they probably would have taken your whole tub off you. So I was going to ask if you'd uh, <laughs> chomp at the bit to get a few chippies in you while you're on the bench. Right, that ever happened to you, Scott? Were you, did you get bugged by little kids coming to get you while you sit on the sidelines or anything like that? Um, I, I got a bit of abuse sometimes. You know, normally in the visiting places, you get a bit, of, a bit of grief. I, I think sort of my later days, I was I got abused and called baldy by a few kids plenty of times, but. Uh, <laughs> Oh. Yeah, you got to expect it. If you're going to go into the uh, the enemy's territory, you know you got you got to take a little bit of a, a tongue lashing. You know, it just fires you up and gets you ready to get out there anyway. I mean, if Baldy's the worst you get, then I think he'll be just fine. No, no, he didn't see the tears, so that's all right. <laughs> yeah, you're facing the other way; they can see that one. Yeah. No. <laughs> well, you got no, a good story. story. 
Yeah, he's got us. He's, oh, you win, I think you're winning now, yeah? Just, yeah, serial liar, obviously. Yeah. Or I don't have enough interesting stories myself that I have to make some up. Potentially, potentially. Uh, probably. Uh, I've got, got a couple there. I'll save them for a, for another day. I've got a couple of, uh, you know, not safe for work ones that are probably we'll leave for another episode. Maybe, in, uh, you know, we'll, we'll denote the episode as explicit and we'll, uh, we'll do it after that. Um. um all right, so, uh, and as to delving into details about landers in a strip club, that's pretty PG to be fair. So, oh, actually, yeah, I was, you know, I didn't go into specifics, did I? Yeah, so, actually, yeah, save that for the other one. Um, I mean, there was some things I could. Well, it was a fake story, so I actually, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But um, all right. So my next one is uh, the title is now. It's also staying on the food related theme. Uh, Taniella Tupo eats an insatiable amount of food. That's the that's the title. Now, Tanya Latupo, big bloke from the Queensland Reds. Um, you know, you could probably imagine he would eat a lot of food, but this was next level. So I was at the uh, Brisbane Airport in the Air New Zealand Lounge, and now I guess to give you some context, it's like the Air New Zealand Lounge or most of the airline lounges just have like a buffet in the middle and then some drinks, and it's just a lot. Of, you just help yourself, grab a plate. Um, you know, hot and cold foods, cold cuts, you know, curries, rice, that sort of stuff. Like, you know, your basic sort of foods. And then there's drinks as well. So I was in there uh, a couple of years ago, uh, flying back to New Zealand. And the Queensland Reds came in uh, because they were flying to New Zealand to play the Blues in Auckland. And I was like, oh, it's pretty cool. You know, Brad Thorne was there and uh, all, of, all the Queensland Reds players. And they were just enjoying themselves. What was quite funny was that not all of them were in the lounge. I think some of them had access and others didn't but Taniella Tupo because he's a wallaby I'm assuming that's why he had access um, so he was in there I was like oh this is going to be funny like hopefully they got enough food like in the out the back and <laughs> in the buffet to feed everyone because you know these guys are going to eat a lot of food so I was quite interested to see you know how much food they would eat um, anyway I, maybe they wouldn't eat anything because they weren't allowed to but you know I didn't know what the rules were so I sat there I was just I had about two hours before the flight and um, I was sitting there having a you know a beer and some food. I was like, I'm going to count how many because I initially saw Taniella go out get some food. I was like, oh, fair enough, he's hungry, man. And then he goes back about ten minutes later. If that goes back again, so it was just played up. Well, I'm talking like you know stacks it up like you're at a buffet. You know, get as much food as you can. Um, you know, curries that sort of stuff like bread. Um, so there was obviously not that much in terms of like a diet strictness because i don't know it didn't didn't seem like he was that careful but anyway i'm not sure what the rules are um and i was like hang on a minute i'm gonna i'm gonna sit here and count how many times this man goes back to the buffet and refills his plate because this is just getting out of hand now no shit in the three hours i was there he went back from his seat to the buffet 11 times and each time he would come back with like an insatiable amount of food like ridiculous and you know, the other Reds players were, were getting food as well, but this man was just like, he'd just go back and get cheese and crackers and all this other shit, like just all sorts of food. It was outrageous. I've never seen anything like it. Um, but anyway, that was that's my story about Tanya Tupo eating an insatiable amount of food. 11 plates from a buffet at the airport lounge. I personally wouldn't eat that much food before getting on a flight because I'd probably spew into one of those bags. But... Uh, I thought that was pretty outrageous, personally, and I think he was playing the next well two days after that. This was a this was a Thursday. Now playing on the or Wednesday maybe, uh, but they were playing either Friday, or Saturday. I can't remember which day, but there wouldn't have been much time for him to digest all that. So pretty crazy. But that's uh, that's the story. 
So no palate cleansers in amongst the eleven plates. No like little nope, plate, yeah, of, plate, no of apples, plate of mandarins. No, they, they weren't getting any beers or anything, which I, which makes sense. Um, there was a few like waters and whatnot, but uh, no, nah, it's just straight up carbs, mate. Carbs, oh, carbs. Not carbs. even a wee light meal just to break it up. Just straight no, carbs. Just an insane amount. I couldn't believe. It. I, I almost thought that he was getting food for other people, but then I looked back and he wasn't. He was just eating it all himself. Right over to you, Scott. <laughs> Once again, you'll know uh, more of the deets on dietary requirements and how much you can stuff yourself before a game. What uh, what what year was this again? This was 2021. 2021, not that long ago. We've been playing. We can. Yeah, I've just had to um, Google search an image of him just to remind myself what he looks like. And to be fair, he's a big human. Yeah, and then (laughs) Stats has got a. He's not even my height, but he's 135 kg. So holy crap, there's some <laughs> there's some space to fill in that body, that's for sure. Um, so straight away, I'm thinking this is plausible if you look at this guy. Um, what? Uh, and was there no there's no coaching staff around, no trainers, nobody said anything to him. Brad Thorne was in the lounge as well, but there didn't seem to be any anything said. Um, they weren't sitting together specifically, but there wasn't any sort of any words exchanged as far as I could see. Are these stingy little airport plates, or are they actually like decent size? No, they're decent, decent size, like a standard dinner plate. Yeah. I'm sure, I'm pretty sure every time I've been to the lounge, there have been bloody side plates, and that's your that's your main meal plate, isn't it? Oh well, okay, yeah, like maybe not a full dinner plate, but like it's not, it's pretty decent, my like, Anyway, it was a massive amount of food, regardless. Yeah, either I mean, way, even 11 side plates, that's a ridiculous well, amount. Of yeah. What was, what was yeah, the I think you through that without... <laughs> I actually can't remember. It was like just... They generally have like two hot options in the lounges, like a curry and then like, I don't know, like a, a pasta or what, like uh, rice or something like that. But um, yeah, he just sort of been... He was just hitting everything. <laughs> was he just trying a bit of everything? Like, he surely he's going everything. back for the same thing. He'd get bored. But... He was just having everything. He was getting his value. He was getting his money's worth. Let's see. The insight I'll give you here, Scott, which may help or hinder us, is Toby, I know he's high up in the airport world and has worked a bit of time in the Brizzy Airport. So I don't know if that helps or hinders us, really. I mean, I, I I think it's plausible. I actually, I'm gonna I'm gonna go with true, and just because, to be fair, we never had that many dietary restrictions, and mate, I've seen uh, Ben Timmy Furness spend a weekend on KFC chicken buckets as his only meal while playing Super Rugby. <laughs> so I I can completely see um, to. Uh, Tony Ella probably let himself loose on a bit of um, airport food, that's for sure. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say it's true. So I probably reckon, Ben, you should say false because I'm probably wrong. Yeah. I'm thinking I've usually backed you, and I, but I know Toby's a smart man. He's probably played into me knowing he works at an airport. He's seen a, the red squad around a bit. All of these are coming together like they should be true, but I'm going to go against my instinct and say it's false. I reckon you've fabricated this. <laughs> Well, uh, the story is in fact true. So Scotty's right. It's uh, well done. Now, nah, look at anyone who works at the Coral Lounge. Yeah, if you ever see the Reds or Taniello Tupo specifically, stock up. 
uh, put it that way. Make sure you've got enough food, otherwise you're going to run out. So, yeah, it was, it was ridiculous, but that is a true story. Yeah. I mean, yeah fair play to the man, that's all I can say. <laughs> wow. The athlete he is and consuming that much, Ducker. I mean, yeah. Now you got to feel the beast, don't say so. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah. All right. Well, I guess, I last guess story. Last story. Jeez. Yeah. I mean, unless you've got a couple more you want to share, we'll never say no. But yeah, if you've got more, yeah. go ahead. But I've, I've done all my three. Yeah. I've got to save. I've got to save some to hopefully come back another time. You know. Yeah, so, we yeah. need a hat trick for you one day. Yeah, we do. So. We do. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I um. All right. So. I was at the uh, World Cup Sevens in Russia and ended up on a Russian mafia boat. Oh. <laughs> Again, like even the headlines screaming to me, this is just the sort of situation I can see you getting in. <laughs> so um, I, was the, the, I was over coaching the, I was coaching the Dutch women's team. Um, I was just an assistant coach. I um, had been hooked up through... Uh, New Zealand Rugby um, Players Association guy to go and help them out with their build-up um, when they were back on the World Series, um, and yeah, we did the we did our build-up for the World Cup, which was in Russia. So um, we flew to Russia from Amsterdam, um, competed in the tournament. Um, the tournament didn't go so well for the girls, and um, because they had lost. Uh, two pool games and didn't make the semis. Um, they were dropped out of the um, the automatic selection for the the next year's World Series. So um, it was a bit of a sad time. So we all uh, made the most of the aftermatch function. There was a boat. There's a there's a ha- uh, um, river that goes through sort of the middle of where of Russia and, you know, those iconic towers with the old pointy multicolored and the pointy stuff that everyone goes and takes a photo of. Jeez, I don't even know the name of them, but it sort of w- goes around there and the um, the aftermatch function was on a big boat and we're around there and then it stopped and when we stopped, um, a couple of other sort of party boats pulled up and um, the players, being sevens players, they're pretty lightweights, and now you know they're they pretty chopped. And to be fair, I'd um, I'd laid into it, um, pretty solid because being Russia, there's plenty of vodka. Um, and the yeah, the boats pulled up, and people started walking amongst the boats, um, and sort of hopping over. And then I end up jumping in one, and realizing there was no rugby players and um, or anything that were there. And our liaison officer who was there was um, was trying to yell out to me, and um, and then a couple of the girls had to help him yell out to me because I couldn't hear him. Obviously, I was a bit boozed, and um, he sort of signaled me, you know, come over here, come over here. And he um, they dragged me off the boat and said, oh no, 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 you don't want to go on there. That's um, that's one of the the top Russian mafia guys around here. It's his boat, and they whipped us off and got us away from there because once they'd realised who that boat was, it was sort of party over and they kindly escorted sort of everyone off the boat and into safety, I guess, because they were a bit concerned about what was going to happen. So oh, that was how I ended up on that. Well, well that's, I mean... 
That's uh, definitely a story. I mean, I know there's um, a bit of rugby over in Russia. Actually, a few players that have gone over there, like Marty Banks and stuff. And he's yeah, got some I've interesting stories. Heard Marty Banks interview on what a lad, and he's said, I mean, the pay and things like that are a bit dodgy over there. So I can see yourself yeah, somehow falling into a dodgy him, situation. They just gave him a big bag of cash, didn't they? Big bloody yeah, double something bag. like that. So, so this this <laughs> definitely, definitely is plausible. I mean, the Russians are up to no good, really, aren't they? Half the time, so. Um, especially the mafia, but yeah, I mean, there's a lot of lot of organised crime, from my understanding, in Russia. So it definitely makes sense. Um, I must say, were you more careful from that point on, or did you just carry on just going with the fly? No, well, they end up um, whipping us into a, into the buses that were sort of waiting where the because it was the 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 boat that we're on was it was like the uh, um, leaving and. Um, area so everyone's all the team buses were lined up waiting to pick everyone up so they chucked everyone in and we went straight back to the hotel and it was kind of locked down in the hotel after that so I actually think the, the bloody the party went on for in the in the lobby for freaking hours after that it was into early hours in the morning no. it was a good night I clem- I when I um, woke up in the morning I wasn't that phased by it but the liaison guy was like shit you're bloody mental and he was just called me an idiot. And I, <laughs> and I thought, well, Burns will do that to you. Yeah, exactly. Well, I can, I can, I can believe that. I mean, there's definitely some good vodka over in Russia, so doing that sort of yeah. thing would make sense. Uh, I'm going to go true. Um, I mean, I don't know you entirely well yet, Scott, but from what I do know, the more ridiculous the story is, the more plausible it seems that, that it's happened to you. So... That being a fairly ridiculous story makes me go, yep, it's it's definitely happened. So I'm going true as well. Well, I'll, I'll tell you, I went to Russia and there was a rumor going around that the the mafia had paid a bit of money to help uh, secure the World Cup there. And apparently they were busing um, people from towns out of the city in to fill the crowd to make it look like it was actually... Uh, um, people wanted to be there, so it kind of it felt a bit like um, it was it was a bit put on, um, and most of it was true. But uh, in the end, we, we never went on the boat cruise, and uh, I never met the mafia. We just we just went back to the hotel and got absolutely shit faced, and that was it. Uh, well, fair play, you've done it. You've he's a good liar after all. <laughs> yeah, third time's the charm, and you've done us. <laughs> no, that was good. I mean, it's definitely believable in Russia, but yeah, that is something they would do. But uh, <laughs> that's, yeah, even that's the fact they're bussing the mafia and the, and the, the fact that's become a rumor that it just yeah, shows Russia, eh? That's good. <laughs> yeah, I was somewhere I want to go. No, it was, it was an interesting place. We, we did the boat tour around, then, like, we did do the boat tour um, during the week and had a bit of sightseeing and stuff. And they've got that massive downhill um, that they did that they used for the Winter Olympics at some stage. Um, and all of that, but yeah, uh, we weren't, the premise of the rule was you weren't allowed out that night, and everyone, all the teams were just locked into the hotel, and that was where they stayed, and, um, but it was, it was a hell of a party in the reception, um, shit, there were some drunk, drunk people, mate, because these sevens players, they were, they're pretty lightweights, um, <laughs> it doesn't take much. Yeah, exactly, especially the oh, Russian yeah. vodka. Would you go back to Russia, or is it just not nah, way too sketch? Oh, I think it's one and done. I think it's one of those places, you know. But 
there's a couple of guys that love it, like um, old Glenn Horton went there and um, played. Yeah, he lived there for a while, didn't he? I'm pretty sure his wife now is from there as well. So um, yeah, I think he quite enjoyed it. But yeah, I think I'll stick to New Zealand. Eh? I can't blame me on that one. I agree. Tell you what, that was that was some pretty good stories in there, wasn't there? I mean, if if I was a listener, I think I would have got most of those wrong. Uh, guessing, yet true or false. I mean, it's just it's too hard to know, really. Well, I obviously know you, Ben. Yeah, and, I mean, uh, we got semi of a chance when I know you with hats got on enough before to kind of know the sort of shit he's got himself into, but clearly not well enough. Yeah. <laughs> I've, uh, I've done some pretty dumb shit, to be fair. So it's um, I yeah. I did. I did get in trouble once with Super Rugby for uh, we we went out after the night and I ended up getting uh, I ended up getting left by myself at the pub and then I decided to walk home from the pub to where we were staying and the security guards at the hotel when we turned when I turned up at about five in the morning were like where have you come from and I was like oh, I walked from the pub uh, you know down the road and it was a little bit away and they were like mate you are abs-. they couldn't believe it they thought i was the most mental white guy they'd ever seen so, uh, <laughs> it probably, probably didn't help it probably didn't help but walking around with no shirt on as well and oh god mate, bloody alcohol hey no, it's, it's always there. the way happens <laughs> to the best of us yeah. I'll tell you what, it sounds like there's uh, enough stories to have you on for a hat trick. So, what do you reckon, Ben? If, if we can oh, yeah, find, we'll be reaching out in the DMs down the line. Don't you worry. As long as we haven't well, scarred Scott enough, that he's happy to come back on at some point. No, it sounds good. And we might as well, we might as well see if we can't make a story on Saturday down in Invercargill on uh, after the game, eh? Yeah, yeah, I'll, I'll be there, mate. I'll be there. Big sign, Scott Waldrum, number one fan. Don't you worry. Join in, mate. Join right. in. Have one you for bet, me. You better, some, you better have some chips there for, ready for me. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll have them on the sideline for you. Yeah, mate. I want you to have a pool of chips ready for Scott immediately after the game. Oh, I'll, I'll have them, mate. Don't you worry. <laughs> Pottle of chips and a, and a spate, cold spates on the sideline for you. Yeah, <laughs> nice, nice, nice. That sounds good. Good right, stuff. Uh, that, that about rounds it out, though. Thanks again for coming on, Scott, and uh, cheers again, Toby. No, thanks. That was bloody good. I enjoyed that. So, yeah, thanks, Scott. And uh, I guess we've got some more episodes lined up. We've got, actually got a Top Trumps episode lined up in a couple of weeks' time, I think. Um, so if you remember the card game Top Trumps, there's a few rugby ones floating around. And Ben and I, got a, we've got our hands on a, on, a, on a set. So we might do an episode on that. Yeah, stay tuned for what's coming. In the meantime, cheers for listening. Um, well, cheers for joining us again after such a long break. Be sure to drop a follow. Follow on the Instagram as well and just keep you eyes and ears tuned for the next episodes thanks everyone for listening and we'll see you on the next one